Welcome back to Grace Free Journey Podcast. This is our Friday special edition. I am Pastor Terry. I am so glad that you're with us. So, is it the end of the world as we know it? <laughs> or are we close? Well, there's no doubt that this has been on a lot of people's mind for at least a number of years, and COVID uh, certainly pushed it to the forefront. But, you know, this started a long time ago, back in 2012. That sort of really awakened people's idea to, hey, you know what? Maybe things are winding down. And what does that look like and what does that mean? So we're going to probably take a couple of episodes and talk through sort of the signs of the end times. How do we know if the world is winding down or if this is just another step in the normal progression of the globe and people on it? Well, we're going to be talking about that pretty extensively, like I said, over the next couple of episodes. So let's first start with a little history. Uh, Christianity, as you well know, I'm a Christian minister. I'm going to come at this thing from a Christian perspective. That's the only thing I know, and it's really truly what I believe. And, and But yet it is interesting to note that other major religions talk about the end of time. For example, Zoroastrianism. About 2,500 years ago uh, began Zoroastria, the founder of Zoroastrianism, started to write about the end of the world and how it was going to be a horrible experience for man. Now, you may not know Zoroastrianism, but do you know the group Queen? Remember Queen? Bohemian Rhapsody, right? Wayne's World, all that. Remember that? Right? Well, Freddie Mercury, their lead singer, Zoroastrian. <laughs> Just a little side note for you. Might come up on Jeopardy one day. So Zoroastrianism, 2,500 years ago, wrote about Islam, believes in an end-time scenario. Actually, they have some pretty detailed prophecies that lead up to the end times and, and, and their idea of how the world will end. Now, Hinduism believes a little bit differently. They believe that the world goes through um, cycles, that one cycle ends and another begins. And it's not just a cycle, it's a cycle of creation. Death comes, but the creation follows. So they believe in a cycle of death and creation. Now, the Buddhists, sort of like the Hindus, but they don't really believe the world is going to end. It's just going to change and change and go through cycles. It's sort of like history repeating itself. It's sort of how they view it. Now, Native Americans and particularly the Seneca Indians believe that the world will end and it will end horribly. The Senecas believe that the spider woman God, no joke, the spider woman God will come down, will weave a web all over the globe, and the globe will stop. Now, if you're arachnophobic, that has to absolutely scare you to death. That's what they believe. Now, back in 2012, I mentioned it earlier, we became familiar with the Mayan calendar. And the Mayan calendar said that in 2012, the world was going to end. At least that's what a lot of people thought. But in reality, the Mayans are a lot like the Hindus and the Buddhists. They believe in cycles. And so really what they were saying in 2012 is that one cycle would end and then another would begin. And that's sort of how it would look. Now, as a Christian, how do we track the end of time? How do we believe the time of the end is going to come? Well, it's vitally important that you understand Christ's first coming if you're going to understand his second coming. If you don't believe Jesus who said he is when he came the first time, then you're you're not going to buy into anything he says about what's going to come next or what the Bible says is what's going to come next. So to start this, we have to understand that God chose a people. 
Almost every theologian, at least evangelical theologian, will look at the nation of Israel and say, that is what we call the prophetic time clock. That nation, if you track them, what happens to them, God is going to use that to bring things to end. Now, God could have used the Hittites. He could have used the Samaritans. He could have used a lot of people, but he chose the Jewish race. Actually, he chose them in Genesis chapter 12, verse 1. This is where he calls Abraham, who's the father of of Judaism. He says this. He said, Now the Lord said to Abram, Go from your country, which was called Ur of the Chaldees, and take your kindred with you and your father's house to a land that I will show you. Now you noticed he wasn't given a map. He didn't have a GPS. He had to trust God as he left his homeland. Interesting note. And I will make of you a great nation, and I will bless you. I will make your name great so that you will be a blessing. I will bless those who bless you. And him who dishonors you, I will curse. And in you, talking about this new nation, Israel, all the families of the world will be blessed. Now, how on earth are all the families of the world going to be blessed through one nation? Because the Redeemer of humanity, the Savior of the world, the second person of the Trinity will invade earth through that genealogy. And we know that's exactly what happened. In Genesis 1 and in Luke 3, we read this, and I'll read you from Genesis 1. It says, now the book of the genealogy of Jesus Christ, that means his family, his lineage, who he comes from, the son of David, the son of Abraham. Abraham was was promised to be a blessing to all nations, and he was. Now, I want you to think about the coming of Jesus. The coming of Jesus was prophesied in the Old Testament by some 300 specific prophecies. 300 specific prophecies from everything talking about his birth, talking about his life, talking about how he would die, how he would resurrect, and then what his impact would be on the church in the days ahead. It covers all types, every area of Jesus's life prophecies cover. Now think about this. If you took 10 prophecies, and there have been a couple of mathematicians who have calculated and figured this out way smarter than me. If you took just 10 prophecies and said one person's going to fulfill 10. One guy said it would be like this. It would be like going to the state of Texas, taking silver dollars, filling the state of Texas with silver dollars three foot high, marking one of those silver dollars with an X, throwing it out into the state, stirring it up like, I guess, with bulldozers, right? Get out there with bulldozers, you know, stirring it up, and then drop a guy from a plane with a parachute (laughs) and, and blindfold him, and where he lands, let him pick one coin. The probability he would pick the coin marked with the X is the same probability that one person could fulfill 10 of these prophecies, just 10. And we know Jesus filled 300. Now, another guy put it like this. He said, if you move it up to 15 or 20, I can't remember what the number was, but if you move it up to 15 or 20, it would be like this. Take a Ferrari, go to a field, rip the Ferrari apart, bit by bit, bolt by bolt, nut by nut, tear it apart, pile it up, you know, in a big pile, and then the prob- then send a tornado through it. The probability that the tornado passing through this pile of Ferrari would reassemble it perfectly, set it down on its, on its tires, and put the key in the ignition is the same probability someone could fulfill 15 of these prophecies. This is an astronomical thing. God wrote the address of his son so we can all come to know him now, enter heaven now if we were to die, but also be ready looking ahead for his second return, for the end of time. Now think about it. These prophecies cover everything. First of all, he sent his son to be born on planet Earth. 
not Mars, not Venus, or some other solar system. So all the other solar systems where there's other planets were excluded and Earth was chosen. So all of those things were excluded. Big probability. Then he said, you're going to come through through Father Abraham. There were other people in the Ur of Chaldees, other people there. He could have chosen a lot, but he discarded all of them and chosen Abraham. Then he said, you're going to be born of the tribe of Judah. There were 12 tribes. He eliminated 11 and said, you're going to be born of Judah. Said you're going to be born in the city of Bethlehem, not Nazareth, not Rome, not Capernaum, nowhere else. You're going to be born in Bethlehem. So he eliminated all the other cities. Then he said, you're going to die on the cross. He pro- prophecy, prophetic words that you will not any other way, not beheaded, not stoned, not lost at sea. You're going to die on the cross. Then the prophecies go on. These are just some examples. The prophecies go on and said, you're going to be sold for 30 pieces of silver, not gold, could have been gold, but it wasn't. 30 pieces of silver. That money is going to be used by the person who betrayed you to buy a potter's field. How specific. Then, after you die on the cross, you'll be laid in another man's tomb, in a borrowed tomb. That's what the prophecy says. But on the third day, the prophecy says you, you will bodily resurrect from the grave and you'll be seen by others. Now, these are just a few of just the prophecies that were made about Jesus to mark his first coming. Next episode, we're going to look at the things through the nation of Israel that God says must happen for Jesus to come again. Man, I pray you know him today. If not, pray with me this prayer. Pray, Lord, it's me. Thank you for hearing my prayer. Thank you for letting me pray. Jesus, I believe you died on the cross for me. You may not understand all the reasons why he did it, but you accept the fact that he did. And I believe on the third day you resurrected from the grave. And right now, Jesus, I place my faith and trust in you alone for salvation. Change my heart, change my life. Holy Spirit, fill me now from the top to the bottom and control my life. Thank you, Lord, for hearing my prayer and for changing my life. In Jesus' name I pray, amen and amen. If you've prayed that prayer, man, your life has changed forever. And guess what else has happened? You have discovered every day of your life while you're on this earth unbelievable grace for your journey. God bless you. We'll pick up this at this point next Friday special edition. Thank you so much for listening to this edition of the Grace for Your Journey podcast. I pray that it has been a blessing and an encouragement to you. Pass it around if you think it would help somebody. And we look forward to you dropping by again for another episode of the Grace for Your Journey podcast.